0: The following speaker share from Mary G was recorded on January 5th, 2023. Thank you, my name is Mary um, and I'm an adult child. And I, I like voices across America. I'm, I'm um, in Los Angeles, that's where I live now. Um, and I'm a really, really grateful member of Adult Children. I always look in the front of my book because I don't really remember that. Well, that sounds bad. April 16th of 2015 is what I wrote in in the front of my red book. So I had come to ACA a few times before that. And I'll just tell my story real flat. But I want to share something that's on my mind because just hearing the preambles and all this stuff, it's just so good to be in a meeting my my whole program and everything's just been so scrambled uh, due to the holidays and everything else going on that um, this is real, I need this grounding. I need this. I need to hear all the readings. I need all this. I need this program so badly. Um, but I was reflecting on my Thanksgiving meal that I had and, you know, the holidays are so weird anyway for people like me, but um, there was a Person, I was here in L.A. and I went to kind of an orphan's dinner. We went and ate Chinese food. It was totally off the grid of a normal Thanksgiving, but it was cool for me. Um, and there were some friends there in recovery and then some people's relatives that are not in recovery at all. And there was a man, a woman sharing about doing some new therapy and stuff and getting down to some childhood trauma and stuff that had gone on. And we're talking about this at dinner, you know. but it's all normal to me for people to talk about deep stuff. I, I welcome that even. Like she's just exploring some stuff, some hurts. And her brother was there and he, you know, was very, you know, honest and I had to listen to him. You know, he said, why do you do this? Why, why do we go back over this, man? Why do we, where are we going to get with all this going back and going back and going back? And, you know, I had to just sit and hear him. He was frustrated. I could tell. And he grew up in the same family she did, you know, she's looking at this stuff and And I just said, you know, and I, you know, I heard him, you know, I I heard what he's saying. And I've heard this a lot in my life, you know, just got to move on. You just got to get up by your bootstraps and move on, girl, you know, like, you know, okay. Um, And, but I heard him in, in a deep way. And I said, you know, I get it, man. But, you know, my life was unmanageable, man, you know, by me. I didn't know that I was still being run by this childhood stuff. I had no idea you know, I, I was just going along, you know, thinking that I, I stopped maturing at some point, I started inward, you know, I, I, I wasn't allowed to grow along lines, you know, because I was in too much fear. And I was too, you know, there were all those traits, there was too much hypervigilance. So it actually wound up being and I'm so grateful for my recovery now that the people can even push back, you know, against me, you know, and say things like, why do you guys keep, go-? you know, and it, it's because I need the healing from this. I mean, I'm not just going back there for you to feel sorry for me. I'm not going back there for you to pity me or think that, Oh, well, this explains why my life turned out this way. I'm not doing that. You know, I'm doing it because I want to improve myself. This is about getting better. This is about, you know, and I know for me, I've witnessed a lot of recovery. I've been in, I've been in AA for 23 years. So I got sober um and then I didn't get here until 2015. So I got sober in 1999 and I didn't get here till 2020. I mean 2015. So I witnessed myself and, and other people um make great strides in their lives, you know, really. I mean, through getting sober and turning it around. But you know, I, I can mostly witness to my own experience, I, I definitely needed this program, you know, like getting sober was great. Like I'm definitely trait four. You know, I I, you know, I became an alcoholic. I married an alcoholic. I did the standard issue, you know, if you can't beat them, join them deal. <laughs> my parents were both alcoholic, you know, just, you know, I just went right into it. And I know I'm genetically predisposed and all that. Like there was no, I had no chance. Any time in my biological life that I put alcohol in my system, I was, I was going there. There, It's very clear. I'm a real alcoholic and and to the genetic level, you know, um, it's like in the cells or something. If I put alcohol on my lips, it's just like, this thing goes off and it is unmistakable, you know. I mean, maybe people like that, you know that taste of alcohol, but I mean, for me, it's like bing, 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 bing. It's all on, man. It's yeah. So I rode that for a long time until I couldn't, and I, um, you know, I, I didn't really, really watched my dad. Really, as I'd been sober, really watched my dad just go into the really later stages of alcoholism. You know, anyway, I'm really grateful, you know, that I didn't. I would have never gotten here. <laughs> I mean, I know some people do get here before they quit drinking, but I, I don't, I don't know that that would have been, that wouldn't, that wasn't my story. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get here until I got here. Um, and just to get current, I'll share what what was going on today. And then I've got a lot of time and then I'm going to read out of the book. And then I want to just share about my practice today. Um, things are growing really well for me right now. And I think you know, even describing that, that, that Thanksgiving dinner, you know, someone kind of questioning why we, we work on these childhood traumas, you know, I just, my reaction to life is much different now. I can really hear people and understand that, you know, you know, we're all where we were at, like 10 years ago, I probably would have been the same, you know, I don't want to keep going over that stuff and doing that inventory. I don't want to do that anymore, you know, and, um, I was right before this. I was glad I had this meeting at six because I was over at a meeting with my boss. And, you know, I work from home. We all work from home in my firm. And um, occasionally he'll want me to come over and we work together at his house. He lives over in Venice and I go over there. And um, I can't tell you the just mental gymnastics I go through before I go over there. And I had my whole agenda ready. He wants me to have my agenda. He didn't even look at my agenda this time. We goofed off and went and got a cup of coffee. Then we went back over to his house and we did get some work done. And at the end, he said, that was so productive. And I was thinking, wow, really? I but I am so, it's such a setup, you guys. Like I, I will like set up for failure. I, you know, I guess it's just flat out, just basic insecurity, you know, that I carry over from my childhood. Just all of this feeling like doomsday thinking It's definitely going to go bad. And now he and I have had some rough meetings over there where we have gotten into it a little bit. So it's not like it's coming from nowhere. I mean, I've had some rough, rough meetings with him, you know, where I'm thinking I literally have to pray like, God, get me through the next five minutes. I mean, I only need five and then just help me out here because I don't want to quit my job right now. I don't want to freak out right now. Like, so anyway. in the meeting, like while I'm there with him, I guess I'll say like my inventory work and what I want to read out of the book is like doing inventory. Um, I'm so grateful that I can be sort of, you know, I have now so much knowledge about myself, I guess, from being here, my childhood reactions to life, you know, um, I just want to crawl under the 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 desk and hide, you know, just like a little girl really like, oh God, don't, don't question me or, you know, push me too far. Or I might, you know, go nuts. I can even see my body language when he starts to really press me on something like what happened with, you know, the research on that image that we need for that document. And I'm like, I start to see myself moving my laptop and it's like, I I'm, I'm able to actually kind of be outside of myself and see myself and what I'm doing and really, I guess the basic thing I'm saying is like, slow it down. I'm just slowing it down, slow down the thoughts, slow down the actions, look at myself, look at him, maybe repeat back to him what he's saying. Um, All those like basic, just like slow down my mind. That's just, is racing like a bee or something in there. Like um, when in reality, there's really nothing wrong, you know? And I, I have to be, I have to give it up to my higher power and give it up to this program that I have made these advances. You know, this is how crazy it is. You guys like they gave, they gave me like a really big bonus this year that I wasn't expecting at all. Um, and I still, I haven't gotten the check yet. And I even thanked him when we were walking over to coffee. I thought, Oh my gosh, I didn't know that I was going to get that money. Oh my God. That's so generous, you know? And this is my mind is so crazy that I still think that he's going to get upset with me at this meeting and they won't actually give me the money. I mean, it's insane. Like I'm insane. Like, it's like, that's not happening. Now they've even promised me the money. There'd be no way they could not give it to me. I mean, it's like coming in my next check, whatever, but, and I, you know, I, I guess now just sharing all this out loud, I just have to pray like, God help me. I don't, I, you know, I know it's good for me to know this and not just spin out in my mind, but I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, there's a lot of things in my life that have gotten so much better and I want to be able to enjoy them. Like the first day I heard about the ra- uh, the, the bonus, I, I did like dance, turn on the music and dance and <laughs> I was like, wow, this is great. Like things are really looking up for me. Like something's really going well for me and I'll somehow like try to destroy it. Like I'll try to like find a way that like, you know, and the obvious one's like, well, I'm going to have to pay a lot more tax now. And like, yada, yada, it doesn't matter. You know, like, can you give it to me just as a gift gift? You know, like, you know, like, but I. I don't want to destroy what. It's almost like I've lived my whole life waiting for it to begin. And guess what? Yeah, it began a long time ago. You know, like I, I, I always feel like there'll be some moment where I'll get to some level and then it'll start. It's like the gun was shot and the race began, you know, and I. You know, and I, 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 um, I've definitely improved in a lot of areas and I guess the good and the bad news here, right. Is that now I, there's more unfoldment that I need to do. There's more that I need to work on, you know, and I know that that'll, it'll never be like at some perfect place, but I'd rather set the bar pretty high, you know, and then, then go for that high bar goal which to me would be, you know, serenity in all circumstances, mostly, you know, not, not to lose, just totally lose it, you know, in, in, in the most mundane, you know, upsets. I mean, you guys all get, you know, it gets crazy in my mind, just in line at the bank. It can just get really, you know, like calm down the thoughts, you know, let it just calm down. And um... so let's see, I, uh, I I wanna read this from the book, but I think I'll start, um, just tell my story. So I grew up in a um, pretty smallish town, medium-sized town in Oklahoma, really rural. Um, I am now really grateful for all of it. Like it was, you know, I grew up like, when I lived in New York for a while and I tell people I was from that part of Oklahoma, they were like, or even especially out here, like you grew up in a real place. I'm like, I guess what isn't real? I don't know. Um, But it was sort of Beaver Cleaver kind of life, I guess, if you even know what that reference is, but like sort of, you know, nuclear family and all that. Um, I remember one of the first times I was at an ACA meeting, they were talking about family secrets, and boy, you know, some of them didn't come out too much later, but, you know, now, I've been able to like uncover a lot. You know, my dad died eight years ago. You really do find out a lot when somebody dies. You know, I did at least. Um, So my dad was a judge and a lawyer and a real alcoholic. Um, And so he was powerful in that he was an appointed judge and also a politician and all that. And He married a lot later in life, you know, like in that, in that time, a lot later, you know, a man doesn't really Wait to get married till he's forty. Not in that community. And as it turns out, my dad was closet homosexual, which is really hard for me to say out loud because I can't come out for my dad. He never came out. You know what I mean? I and so for me to even say that to say this out loud and this hasn't been something that I've talked about until like well after dad died and then it was really pretty. We you know found out or what we already really knew you know um, but it explained a lot to me I mean I know he couldn't come out you know not in that part of Oklahoma not in his field I mean he just couldn't I mean it's a sad sad state of affairs over there uh, and that that's still going on I mean I know people who I can see their sons getting married and I'm like come on you got it? I mean I believe that young man is probably gay I mean it's it's pretty you know Anyway, it's none of my business, but that type of thing is not, I mean, so my dad was really, really allowed to be who he was. He drank, 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 and was a real alcoholic. So was his dad. Um, and then my mom, whom he married, was very young and from an even smaller town who had moved to the big city of the town where I was raised. And my dad really found his match. Someone who wasn't in the town, who wouldn't have known about him he was quite powerful and had a lot of business and was quite successful at that time so anyway here we here we get here the family starts to begin you know like uh my brother uh came along first and my brother had it rough man my brother had it really rough um my brother um and then I came along after and um just a lot of drinking. I mean, my parents had a lot of fun in the beginning. I mean, there was a lot of drinking. I mean, my mom caught my dad with a man, you know, I mean, stuff happened that I found out about later, but you know, and my poor mom, I mean, she was so young from such a small town, you know, uneducated. I mean, she educated through high school, but my dad was a lawyer, you know, and a judge. I mean, you know, she, you know, this is like so sweet of my mom, you know, she, they were in a bar, which is where they spent a lot of their time. Um, that's where they met. But um, my mom said that she, you know, saw Dad there with another man, with a man, you know. And it's so innocent, and sweet. She said she just told him. She just said, "Stop it! Don't do that! Cut it out!" You know. And I'm thinking, oh God, you... <laughs> that poor woman. I mean, it's as if you could cut that out. You know, it's like who he was trying not to be, whatever. Anyway. I guess you got to pour a lot of alcohol in that to keep that whole ruse going so they did for quite a while i mean my parents didn't get divorced until the 70s there and you know they had some in the mid to later 70s and so we were pretty little but i mean you know my mom i think finally was just like okay you know she's going to play along and i mean the bizarre thing about that whole family secret was i know when my mom divorced my dad you know and all that happened um i know my dad was probably terrified that that she would tell us kids the truth about dad. And, and she never did. She never did. And my mom and I have, over the years now that I've gotten sober and gotten in this program, have been able to have those talks where she says, I feel really bad. I'm like, you couldn't have told us. We would have never believed you. Even though we wore all those outrageous clothes and acted like gay as the day is long, we would we, we still never believed you. And we would have thought you were just being mean to dad. I mean, dad remarried as quickly as he could. Again, I mean, he had to get someone else on board. So he didn't, you know, anyway, poor dad. I mean, it's just, it's hard for me to really talk about all this because it's so painful, but that was the, that gives you the idea for me, like the whole thing was, even though I know my dad loved me, he really did. And I do think he wanted to be a family. I think he needed to have a family. I think you get to a certain age in your career, of that type of man that like, it doesn't make sense for you to not marry him. um that 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 he did what he had to do at that time, and um my mom, too. Um, but and I know Dad loved me. It just the situation was super strained. Let's put it that way. I mean, there was so much tension, you know, in the house. you you would need like a jackhammer type of tool to cut through that tension that was there at our house, you know. Like, I think probably once mom knew and like the whole thing was a sham and that whether she was going to play along or get out, you know, and um, when you mix in with that, all the alcohol. So there was just a lot of drinking. I mean, um, there was really a lot. What I really come to understand is really just a lot of neglect. You know, I mean, my parents and I mean, and it was sort of exhibited all over the town where I grew up. I mean, we had a lot of freedom as kids. We could ride our bikes all over town, and there was really very little supervision, for sure. I mean, and that wasn't unusual in the '70s. There, when I was, you know, you know, and I look back on that, it was really a lot of fun too. But the back side of it was, or the the down downside of it was, um, we had all that freedom, but then we would be just punished, you know, just mercilessly for messing up, you know in situations where we really did need supervision you know and you know to get in trouble just because you don't know what you're just a child doing something you don't know you know there's no one there to say you know we don't do that you know it's like that there was a lot of that and um, some physical abuse too which has been hard for me to ever really talk about I think I tell friends that I was sort of physically abused or like you were you know it's like I guess it's a testament to some growth that i've made in my life that i guess for a lot of people that meet me now if it hard to believe i was ever an alcoholic it's like yeah trust me was you know and i was also physically abused as a child too so um and my older brother played a big role in that i mean um uh, rob really had it rough and he you know he I, i've had a lot, i've been able to have a lot of compassion for him he uh they said he was hyperactive and ADD, I don't know, ADHD, I don't know, but um, I was a really easy target, young and little, you know, I mean, it was it was easy for him, so he he was, I mean, and, and still to this day, I mean, my brother was just a menace, and my hypervigilance um, has calmed down quite a bit now, but man, it was terrible for years. I remember when I first got sober I told one of my sponsors I said why is it when I go to bed at night I just lay there stiff like I just I'm just tight and stiff I can never relax like never and she used to like oh, that's odd you know and you know now that I look back on that's not the case anymore by the way but um yeah my I, I was in constant fear of my brother like it was like, it was a never ending, constant terror of my brother. So, you know, and I, when I was home at Christmas, I got, we, we get along a lot better now. Um, we've actually been able to mend our relationship. But, and that's been one beautiful thing about, And I mean, as limited as my relationship will ever be with my brother, but it's gotten better. But we got into a little thing, you know, and I was surprised how scared I was afterward. That he would come over, get really do something to me. Like I was literally like scared of him like again, like a little girl again. He can bring me back there real quick. But my brother, we were in the same house. We we did all that stuff. So, um. So yeah, basic like that. I mean, my life. I mean, I I um I was you know, quite shocked when I was in therapy. I was shocked that I had to quit drinking because that was like terrifying because that was like my medicine. We all started drinking pretty young. My brother started using really young. So essentially I had three people using in the house that I was in until my parents divorced. My brother moved out with my dad, but, you know, so there were three of them there. Um, and and I joined too. I mean, I joined in the the drinking party somewhere in there. And the eighties were a lot of fun. I had a total blast, by the way, in high school and stuff. And I wouldn't take a lot of that back. I mean, that was that was really one of the greatest times to be alive. I've got to say that that part of the mid later eighties just it was just a total blast. Um, and one, you know, I said there was a lot of freedom, so I had my own car we were very like independent kids at that point We just do whatever we wanted to do. Um, until we got in trouble for, for something, but we, we, we really did. I mean, I did it all. I mean, I would have wild parties at the house just when my mom would be out for an evening, you know, a band and everything in the backyard. Like I was insane, crazy, um, wild child for sure. Um, and that went on until I was 33. Um, until I finally quit drinking, um, And, and it was really a hard crash, you know, and burn there. Um, and, um, I come by all of it, honest, you know, I mean, that was something that was almost sort of comforting to me to do my family tree, to be like, you know, there was no way. (laughs) There was no way it was going to go down any other way. There's so much alcoholism in my family tree on both sides. And I'm just so grateful I got to get out, man. Um, So grateful, man, because it could have just been so much worse. But I, uh, I am, for the most part, even though I describe that about my work, really happy right now. This is some of the happiest I've ever been in my life. So, I mean, that says a lot. I think for someone like me, like it's some of the happiest I've ever been. I really, truly have a happy home, and I live alone, and I'm okay with that. That's a choice I've made. You know, I got divorced. I had alcoholic marriages that didn't work. Surprise, you know. So when I got divorced the second time, I was just like, there's just no way I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, and, and, and I think I, I'll feel some pressure from people to be like, well, aren't you gonna date or get back out there? And I'm like, you don't know, you don't understand. And I know they're asking in a kind way, you know, um, but I, so you don't understand, I've never had a happy home. I've never been happy. I'm happy now you know what, I mean, if that were to come about, I'm not going to chase after something that has legitimately never worked for me or made me happy. And I, and a lot of that's my own illness and the people I pick, I just will not get into healthy relationships. So it's really, trust me, it's better. <laughs> and I can have a lot more fun, you know, the way I, the way I am right now. Um, and prayer and meditation is a really huge part of my program and I'll um, I'm going to read this part from the book, but I want to share, like, before, this is something that's part of my practice now. I just, I have a big morning meditation uh, and prayer practice that I do. I love reading Tony A's steps, because there's so much higher power in there, so much more, I think, even in the regular good old-fashioned beginning 12 steps, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not doing this on my own. Any healing that I got has been from help from people in this program that I believe are, you know, divinely inspired to talk to me or the books or the materials. Like it's not, it's not, you know, the human effort of mine can only go so far. There's a line in the, in uh, the AA book that says, you know, we were, you know, we're like, we're beyond human aid, human aid only took me so far. I needed, I needed a spiritual solution, you know, because these, the unmanageability and the disease that was so integrated into everything in my being has to be, you know, systematically taken down. And as a human being, I just, I don't have the bandwidth to do it. You know, there's just not enough there. So before, before I go to do anything, and even before I answer my phone now or anything, I mean, it is so part of me to just pray, for incoming just pray. So before I went into my boss's house, he texted me he was running a little late and then I saw him pull up and I still just stopped myself in my car before I got out and I prayed for him. I pray for him before I go in. And then I pray for myself. So I have some set prayers that I do and then I just said that one for him and I said it for me. I take a few deep breaths, however long it takes. And then I get out of the car. I'm going to read something that's not from our literature but I'm just going to quote something because I think it it helps me a lot to just remember that I have to slow down my day and I have to connect. There's, there's that line, conscious contact, conscious contact with a higher power. I mean, I believe it's always there. It's always been there to help me. Boy, it saved me from many a scrape when I was drinking. I should certainly be dead right now and have killed some other people along the way. So, the conscious contact is me actually connecting with it because it's certainly there. It's just whether I want to, I want to join or not. So not to be like too, like (laughs) I'm going to quote from Gandhi or as the British would say, Gandhi. Okay. So he wrote about a lot of different things, but this is what he says about prayer. This is, this is Muhammad Gandhi. Okay. It is a reminder to ourselves that we are helpless without God. No human effort is complete without prayer. No human effort is complete without prayer without a definite recognition that the best human endeavor is of no effect if it has not God's blessing behind it. Prayer is a call to humility. It is a call to self-purification and inward search. So, yeah, no effort is complete. I love this without prayer. Um, Maybe think of anything that you would want to be doing that's important to you. I mean, oh my, I got to pray before that happens, you know, anything that goes on. And that's really helped me to ground myself and to remember I'm not in this alone. I mean, I've had so many kind of like terrifying things come down, you know, where I just really get that childhood feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to do it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to handle this. I'm not gonna be able to do it. And then that conscious contact reminder that I don't have to do it alone. I'm not alone. I'm literally guided by some spiritual part inside of me. That's greater than me. Think, you know, that I don't have to feel so helpless and alone. You know, and I grew up in the Bible Belt I and mean, we prayed and prayed as kids. And I even went to church camp and the kumbaya and the bonfire and all that. And that was cool, you know, and there was something really real there. I wasn't really yet really in contact with it as a child, but I'm grateful that I had that foundation of it, you know, because I think it has helped me all the Sunday school, all that stuff that, you know, my parents really we were conscripted into doing it. Um, but it has, it has helped me along the way. And I love that all the 12 step programs that allow you to just to take whatever you want. You know, you can do crystals, you can do whatever, whatever works for you. You know, I, I'll, I heard it all, you know, over the years of what people use as higher power and. I believe it all. I believe all things. You know, there's that corny kind of line in the Bible. I think it's one of the Corinthians, like, believes all things, trusts all things. I mean, why not? You know, not believing didn't do me any good anyway. So I'm gonna read here, you know, chapter seven of the red book. Um, and I love the red book so much, I can just pick it up and read anywhere, but um, chapter seven does kind of like a quick rundown of all 12 steps. So it's kind of fun to just look through them, you know, kind of do a refresher. So this I'm going to read towards the end. It's like the this is we're going to be on the daily inventory, uh, meditation and awakening. That's positive. Look, there's going to be an awakening. um, that every day, you know, that I have could be the best day of my life. It's so corny but that's been one of my mantras that I've been doing. Like today is going to be the best day of my life. I don't know if I said it today because I was already so upset and worried and nervous about going over to see my boss, but today's going to be the best day of my life. So, so in the latter steps of the, of the 12, you know, 10, 11, 12, you know, what an old fashioned AA, they call just the maintenance step. So like once you get to a certain point, you're just going to maintain, you know, um, your sobriety, if you continue to take personal inventory and, and do these prayer and meditation so so we learn to do we learned to carry the message which I hope I'm doing tonight and we learn to to do these steps in our daily lives so like what do these steps mean in our daily lives like what step today would help you get through an impasse or an upset or whatever like to get back into the steps right um the 12 steps called the adult child to live the ACA program with a range of feelings and self confidence This is on page 115, if anyone's looking, page 115. Mary, that's 30 minutes in. I see Victoria's hand up. She probably just can't unmute at the time. Okay, so I'll just read a little bit more and then I'll finish up and listen to you guys. Um, Okay, thanks, Victoria. um, With a range of feelings and self-confidence. So I love that. I mean, we're we're gonna have this program so that I can have a range of feelings. Even though I would like to have serenity through all of it, knowing that I'm gonna have a range of feelings. It's just I don't have to completely lose my serenity to any of these emotions that are running wild from my childhood reaction. Um okay, step 10. Uh, okay, the adult child learns to appropriately inventory the thoughts, actions, and motives with an honesty and gentleness that was not present in our families of origin. Step 10 is where many adult children learn to balance their responses to situations. Can I balance my response to these situations? We confront our black and white thinking, which I have, and it's all black. You know, I'm like, this meeting with my boss is going to go bad. Like, I, I immediately am there. I mean, I do have to pray my way through so much in my life, and that's okay. But I really do not want to continue to live this way, the black and white thinking, and realize that I have some choices. We learn that we can say no, we can ask for what we need we can become an actor, not just a reactor. Most adult children learned how to take their inventory long before they arrived at ACA. However, the negative inventories, which I had a lot of negative inventories, were usually nothing more than our critical inner parent judging us harshly. Many adult children doubt themselves, criticize themselves and feel inadequate without much prompting without any prompting you know for me i can be given a raise i can be given a bonus i can be having all that and i'm i'm still on such a negative vibe it's like what will it take i mean i guess that's something i've always heard if like people like say somebody loves them or they're beautiful they'll never believe it it's like that's me to a T. like I'll, i i will still not believe it that's that level of insecurity still really needs to be healed within me um The steps leading up to 10, you know, expose a lot of our toxic shame and abandonment that we've endured. And the shame gave us these negative orientation to our outward world. In our minds, we develop these deeply grooved, self-shaming messages that lived on long after we left our homes. For instance, who could have, right, who could have his house burglarized and feel that they're at fault for the burglary? I get that. I totally get that. Um, An adult child who could feel guilty for asking someone who's blocking a doorway just to simply move away. Um, And that, that just feels like a little child that doesn't know how to say to the big person, move out of the way, you know, you're blocking the door, you know, like, but as that, that kind of sick inner child, we feel no agency to stand up for ourselves. So I, I get all of those. The book, I'm telling you, I could read like just like one paragraph of the book and like dissect it, and like everything in it, it really speaks to me so, so strongly. Oh my gosh. Um, I'll just share one more thing. I, uh, I've been doing the the new book, the workbook, um, you know, becoming your own loving parent workbook, and that's really helped me a lot. And I've started doing like a, a child's prayer with my adult children, with my children, my inner children that I have identified. So that's been really sweet for me to pray with my inner children. And we just kind of hold hands. I have a teenager and a young grade school inner child, and we pray together. Um, the The alphabet prayer, if you know that. I've shared about it before, but the alphabet prayer. So. um. The story is there's a little girl, you know, in the woods sitting on a, on a, I don't know, a bench or something. And she's saying her, she's just saying A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. And an adult comes up and says, Hey, what are you doing? And she says, well, I'm saying my prayers. And the adult says, well, it sounds like you're saying your ABCs. No, no, I'm praying. She says, I I don't know what to ask God for. I don't know what to pray for because I'm just a little girl. And so I just give him the letters and I I ask God to put the words together for my prayer for me. So I remember that story. I think it's in one of the Al-Anon readers too, one of the Courage to Change, I think it's in. Um, so I'm reminded of it sometimes. So I don't know, it came into my mind when I was sitting with these inner children that something to do with them, that I would pray with them. And so we pray that together in the morning. And that's just one of part of my routine after meditating and doing my healing prayer and all <laughs> these assortment readings. It kind of goes kind of long in here, but it's been so valuable to me to start my day that way, to totally, I mean, you guys, I used to wake up just, and and this was long into recovery too, just completely terrorized every morning, just an abject fear and terror. Um, That does not happen anymore at my house. And that isn't to say I might have a day that I'm restless when I wake up or not the happiest person on earth but I don't do not wake up. And I mean, that really started way back, I'm sure from childhood, but it would definitely went on every single day I drank because there was a reason to get up and be in abject terror and and sickness, but not anymore. Not anymore. Cause I I'm, you know, I am now a determined member of this program to heal a lot of this childhood hurts. I, I don't want, you know, and it's working. Like I don't, I don't wake up and scramble around like a crazy person anymore trying to do what you know i mean i have it made right now with my work and my my environment that i've created that's healthy for me and i'm determined to what's left of the work that will never be done um i have a chance now you know i i really do and i have a chance to share and be there for myself and. um grow in whatever ways are left for me to grow. And I, I gotta say, it's never boring. I could read some chat. I could read one paragraph of the book for the rest of my life every day and get something out of it. And, um, it's a journey that never ends. So thanks for listening to me and putting up with me, quoting Gandhi and all that, that I did. I really appreciate it. And just to remember too, that no endeavor is really worth, you know, if there's something in endeavor that's important to you, I, I would, um, highly recommend, um, praying before you go in. Um, Thanks for uh, asking me, TD, if you're on here, and I love you guys.